into it, let's just pray, eh? Um, hey God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity tonight, Father. I just pray that you would be my words, Lord God, and that you would use this um, word that you've given me to inspire someone in the room, Lord God. And I just ask this in your name, and everyone said? Amen, awesome. So like Beck said, my name is Jenny Allen. I'm the children's pastor here at Elam Christian Center. And I absolutely love my job. It is like the best thing ever, honestly. I've been um, at um, this church for quite a long time. I started coming when I was in, uh, well, when I was like nine years old through the holiday program that they used to run back in the diet back in the day, and um, I just remember walking through the doors for the first time, and I just felt like I was at home, and I just felt like there was nowhere else on the planet that I would rather be than this church, and so I never left, and I used to make my parents drop me off at Elam on the way to their church every single morning, and they used to have to like come back and forth to come pick me up, because this is where I wanted to be, and um, so I've been around for a very long time, been in this kids' ministry since I was a like very little, and um, I became a junior leader when I was an intermediate as soon as I was able to, and then um, right through high school, I was a senior leader in the program, and then when I finished, when I was graduating, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, and the only thing that I really enjoyed that I like loved was Power Zone, was Kids Church, and so I was like, well, guess that's what I'm gonna do, and so I decided to intern, and then a few months later, I got offered the job as children's pastor, which is like absolutely ridiculous, and um, far more than I ever imagined that I would ever be able to do for um, the program. Um, and it's great, and I love my Sundays because every Sunday is just very different. And um, we do the same thing every single week with the kids that we have, but yet somehow it's different every single week because the thing about a five-year-old, and to be honest, all the kids in our program, is one, that they have no filter at all, and they will literally just tell you how it is, and if they don't like your outfit, they'll just tell you that you don't like, they don't like your outfit and you've just got to deal with it, you know? And the other thing is that they believe every single thing that you tell them. Doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, they just have no concept. They just think that like everything that you tell them is a word of truth, right? So we've told them some pretty ridiculous stuff, you know, back in the day, and they just believe everything. Because if they just have no idea that the person on stage that's telling you that they're Spider-Man isn't actually the real Spider-Man, they just believe it all. And so, um, I've been serving in this program for a long time, but alongside a big group of my closest friends. So we um, used to be here every single week, and we did everything. So we used to do sign-in, small groups, MC, preaching, everything. And there was one particular week that me and my friend Connor, who was actually singing on stage just before, um, we were rostered on to tag team preach together. Now, me and Connor are really good friends, but you do not pair us up to do anything together <laughs> because we do not get anything done. Or if we do, we've just gotten so far distracted that whatever we've organized isn't actually anything to do with what we've been asked to do. So anyway, for some reason, they decided it would be a great idea to put me and Connor together. So the whole um, like series that they were doing that term was secret agent themed. And so we just put our heads together and we were like, we're gonna put on the best message that these kids have ever heard and it's gonna be great. So we spent the whole week at school in every single class that we had together, didn't do any work, we just spent the whole week planning what we were gonna do on Sunday because we were just so excited. So we came up with this whole plan and it was gonna be like really legit. So we came on Sunday and we came like fully dressed up as secret agents and I was in these like black pants, dress shirt, leather jacket, sunglasses. Connor comes in this like full on suit, sunglasses, briefcase, everything. And so, <laughs> We're like ready, and um, what we forgot was that 
there's 15 minutes of hangout time before we actually do anything with the kids. So we had 15 minutes of just pretending that this was how we decided to dress on the Sunday. So we had to walk around and hang out with the kids and just, you know, try and pretend like nothing was going on so we didn't ruin our message. And so um, we're like playing and everything. First two services go really well. No one really questions anything. And it comes to the third service and there was this little boy that used to come to Power Zone called Russell. And he was like the cutest kid on the planet. The only way that I can describe him to you is that he was this little Chinese boy with an afro. Like he was so cute. And we all just loved him. We were like obsessed with him. And the thing with Russell was that he knew that we were all obsessed with him. So he used to like milk it and get away with everything. And so um, Connor had, um, was playing with Russell. He decided he wanted to be his friend for the day. And so they're playing together and Russell immediately spots him in his suit and he's just like, okay, something's going on. So the whole morning, Russell's just looking at Connor and he's like, why are you wearing a suit? 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 And Connor just keeps trying to change the subject and like ask him questions back and like convince him that, you know, everyone's supposed to be wearing suits today. You're just not dressed properly kind of thing. And so it just keeps on going. And eventually he just does not stop. And so Connor like gives up. And so he like pulls him aside and he kneels in front of him and he's like, Russell, if I tell you, you have to promise me you're not gonna tell anyone else. Like this is a big secret. Nobody else is allowed to know. And so Russell was like, yes, yes, okay. I wanna know the secret. And so um, (laughs) Connor just looks at him and he's like, Russell, I'm actually a secret agent. And so Russell just like keeps going. The service starts. And um, I walk over and the countdown video is playing and all the kids go to sit down and I walk over and I just see Russell sitting there and his eyes are like this big and he's got this really worried look on his face. And so I go over and I have no idea that any of this has happened. So I go over to him and I kneel next to him like, Russell, is everything okay? Like, are you all right? And he like shakes his head and he's like, no. Danielle, Connor just told me that he's actually a secret agent. And I was like, (laughs) and so I'm trying like really hard not to laugh at him. And so I, I just look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, no way, really? And he like looks at me and he's like, yeah. And he made me his partner. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So like, what's your first mission? What are you gonna do? And he starts telling me and he's like rambling on and on about something. And so I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm also just acting really shocked so I don't like burst his bubble and like ruin the message. And so I'm acting really shocked and all the kids around us start seeing me acting really shocked. So they get really concerned and wanna know what's going on. So they all like come over. And then Russell starts telling everybody that Connor is actually a secret agent. And so, (laughs) yeah, they like all come over and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's ruining this entire message that we've got planned. So I call them all together and I'm like, guys, shh. No one's supposed to know it's actually a secret. And so, you know, the service goes on and everything, but um, Russell was so convinced that every single word that came out of our mouth was a word of truth. He genuinely thought that Connor was a secret agent. He just thought that no matter what we told him, everything was gonna be exactly the way that we said. And what we said, the way that we spoke to him actually changed his outlook on the way that he saw us, but especially Connor in particular. Our words hold so much power and it's something that I think we actually forget a lot of the time and we just say things aimlessly without even thinking about it to everyone that we encounter. And I often forget, but it's actually something that we should be reminding ourselves of every single day before we even say anything to anyone. And in James 3 verse 2 to 12, it actually speaks about this very thing. 
It's titled Taming the Tongue. And this whole passage talks about the power of our words and the influence we have with every single thing that we say. And it starts by saying this. It says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So Craig Rochelle recently said, he said, your words don't take you somewhere you never wanted to go. They actually amplify something that your heart wants. Your words don't take you somewhere you never wanted to go. They amplify something that your heart wants. Basically, he just sums up everything that James is trying to say in this passage. Your mouth is just the way that your heart speaks. So a rudder is a small piece on a boat um, that gets lowered into the water to, to steer the boat around. And so if a captain wants to turn, he turns a wheel, which then rotates like a lever thing that moves the rudder and then the, the ship can move, right? So if our words are a rudder, then we're the captain. Right, so that means that we're the ones that actually have the power to move it and point it where it needs to go. Your words don't take you somewhere you never wanted to go. They amplify something that your heart wants. So if you can get your heart to be steered in the right direction, the words that you speak naturally will too. And that leads me to my first point tonight, which is this, choose to guide your heart towards truth. It all starts with the direction of our heart, which, which then leads to our thoughts, which leads to the words that we speak, right? So we need to train our hearts to shift our sight towards Jesus in the way that he just spread love and truth to every single person that he spoke to. What we invest and we put into ourselves is what's going to come out. Quiet time is so important in this sense because if all we're feeding ourselves with is worldly desires, worldly thoughts, worldly feelings, then that's all that's gonna come out and we're never actually going to be pointed towards truth and we're never gonna be able to step into that awesome plan that God has in store for us. I've learned time and time again that what God has planned is always so much greater than anything that I could map out for myself. And if we aren't teaching ourselves to steer our hearts in the right direction and lean into His voice and hear how it actually sounds, we're never gonna be able to step into it because we're not gonna know where He's calling us. By choosing to guide our hearts towards truth, to His truth, we set ourselves up to step into his plan and we set our hearts up to direct the words that we speak to build relationships and represent Christ well. The passage of scripture goes on to say this. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You know what I really don't like, and I especially don't like that I do this myself a lot of the time without thinking, is this whole concept of I'm only joking. So let me explain. So this is something that we all do every single day. So you know when someone says something that's maybe mean or a little bit teasing to someone and then you act like you're not okay with it. And so their response is, wait, no, I was only joking. Don't worry about it. It almost makes it seem like you then have to be okay with what they've said to you, whether you like it or not. And it almost takes, makes them not accountable anymore for making you feel bad or accountable for their actions that they've just done. I really don't like it because there's so much roasting humor nowadays. And don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place for it and it can be very funny. But sometimes I think we take it too far and we don't always realize how far we've taken it, right? And sometimes we lose sight of the weight that those words actually hold. And like, it's funny, 
but it can also bring up some big insecurities for people that you're actually making the joke towards. And by turning everything we say into, oh, I'm only joking, so don't worry about it, it almost makes it sound like we take away their power and their, their feelings, and it makes it seem like it's not okay and not valid anymore. Those three small words hold so much power, and they're only three words. Just like the scripture says, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. It doesn't take much to set off a chain of events that could completely change someone else's world, so why don't we make sure that the words that we speak are always words of truth and words of life? Words are powerful, they can beat us up, they can tear us down, they wound and they heal, and the right words at the right time can be exactly what we need to hear or what we need to say. But at the same time, the bad ones can just do the opposite. That's why it's so important to choose to guide your hearts towards truth because it makes it so much easier to stop and think about what you're gonna say and think about the echo that it's gonna have around you and around the world. The scripture goes on to say this, it says, the tongue is also a fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body, corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The tongue is also a fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. In today's world, things like criticism and complaining and gossiping and lying are not just things that are just shrugged off. A lot of the time, they're actually something that's encouraged and that's supported and that's told that it's okay. And it's actually not. And those kinds of things actually have the same deadly price tag as other sins that we commit, you know? So let's use complaining, for example, because it works so well, right? It demonstrates the power of our words. It's so easy to complain because life gets very overwhelming and stressful a lot of the time, you know? You get consumed in the way you're feeling, and when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, all you wanna do in order to process it is you use your words to let out your frustrations, right? But complaining doesn't actually help anyone. Like, it doesn't actually do anything, and I honestly cannot remember a time when I actually complained about something to someone and I felt better after doing it. So why do we do it? These things destroy relationships, they weaken our ability to represent Christ, and they separate us from the life that God wants for us. These are things that we do and say every single day without even realizing it. So how do we teach ourselves to let the words that roll off our tongue every second of every day to only be words of life and words of truth? I've come to the conclusion that in order to do that, you need to start before they even form into words that come out of your mouth. You need to start with your thoughts. And that's my second point tonight, which is this. Choose to use your thoughts to filter your words. So I hope I'm not the only one when I say this, and I really believe that we all do it. I have some crazy thoughts sometimes, and um, <laughs> so for example, I will see someone like walking on the side of the road or at the shops or something, and say they're wearing something that's not exactly like my style, and I'm, in my head, my first thought automatically just goes to, oh my gosh, like what are they wearing? And then, I, you know, realize that I need to be a positive person and that I'm not called to judge. And so in my head, I'll correct myself and I'll be like, you know what, actually, it might not be my style, but it's obviously theirs. And to be honest, they're totally rocking it and pulling it off. I probably just couldn't. And it's a little bit hypocritical because you go from one side to the other. But, you know, everyone does it. We all do. 
And someone once told me that the first thought that you have is what we're often conditioned to think, and whatever comes next is what makes you the kind of person that you are. Whatever comes next is what changes it. Whatever comes next is what leads to the words that you speak. So if you're guiding your heart and if you're conditioning it to listen to God's voice and to hear Him, then what you say and what comes next in that thought pattern is always gonna line up with truth. So often the things that we criticize, gossip, and complain about are some of our greatest blessings. We're just looking at it from the wrong perspective. In order for us to use our thoughts to filter our words, all it takes is a moment of thinking about that thing that we're complaining about, that thing that we're criticizing it, and flipping it to see the other side of where it's coming from. So say you know, you're complaining about your job, think about it, flip it. Actually thank God for providing for you through it. Thank God for the influence that you have in that work community. If someone doesn't do exactly what you want them to do with the job that you've given them, flip it instead of getting angry at them. Thank, you for, thank them for actually working on it and use it as a teaching opportunity to show them how they can do better next time. If you're about to gossip about something that one of your friends has just told you, flip it. Think about it from the other person's perspective. What if it's not even true? You know, all it takes is thinking about that word that you're about to say, thinking about whether it's a word of life or not, and if it isn't, flip it, turn it into one. There's always an opportunity for that. Now, I'm not saying that this will mean that we get it right every single time, because we're all human, we probably won't, but um, it does mean that if we're using our thoughts to filter what we say, we're probably gonna get it right a whole lot more than we currently do. So if we take a look at the next part of the scripture, it says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. When you put it that way, it really shows you the power behind the words that we speak. And it shows you the fault that comes with filling your heart with the wrong things. If what comes out of our mouth stems from our heart and where it's in the direction that it's going, what does it mean when it points out the way that out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing? It means that we're guiding our heart, the where we're guiding our hearts is being fought against by a desire to please others in worldly things. It means that we're probably just limiting Jesus to a Sunday. It means that our faith isn't consuming our hearts enough to be flowing into every other area of our lives. This leads me to my third and final point for tonight. The band can come and join me now. Choose to honor and love true, choose love and honor <laughs> above all else. It's so easy to just fall into the trap of getting consumed in those feelings of being overwhelmed and complaining and stuff. And it's so important to make a conscious decision to actually stay away from it. Last year, um, around this time, my friends and I decided to go to Midnight Massive. Midnight Madness, I always get that confused. <laughs> Midnight Madness. Um, and we very quickly got bored, so relocated to the beach. And so we were there and the only thing that we could find that was like entertaining us at the time, because there's nothing to do at the beach at night, um, was star tipping. So for those of you who don't know what it is, it's like 
just as dumb as it sounds really. So you have someone and they stand and they look at the stars and they spin around until they're like in a good rhythm. And then you flash like a, like a, your phone torch in their eyes and they just, it's impossible for them to stay standing. They just like fall onto the floor. It's really funny. <laughs> and so basically when like you're doing it, um, all you're seeing is everything's spinning one way and then they flash the, the light in your eyes and it all starts spinning the other way and you just, it's impossible to stay standing. So that was, the, that was what we were doing and it was only because we thought that we were the only ones at the beach that night. So we were convincing um, one of our friends to do it and we didn't actually realize but there was another group of boys that were at the beach and um, they were like quite far around the corner and they let off a lynx bomb um, at the beach and we all got a really big fright and I, I really genuinely thought it was like a gunshot or something and I got really scared. And so my first instinct when I get scared is always just to run, even though I can't run very far or very fast. So it's always my first instinct. So I'm turning to run and my friend next to me shoves me in fright and I fell over one of my friends that had also gone to run and I landed on my ankle and I twisted it really badly and it quickly swelled up to like twice its size. So I couldn't walk anymore or anything and I was like really stressed about it. And so um, my friend had to go and um, drop me at home as well. So she had to like carry me into the house because I couldn't walk. And so I'm like sitting on the couch and she had to go home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself. I've just got this ankle and I can't even walk on it or anything. So I decided to call my mum. So I call her and she's asleep upstairs and she doesn't even answer her phone. She just starts coming down the stairs. and. Um, I thought that she would see the light in the lounge and me sitting on the couch, but she just walks straight past it and goes to the front door and goes to open the door thinking that I'm locked out. And so she gets really confused when I'm not there and starts calling my name. Like I start calling her name. Um, and she quickly comes into the lounge and she like sits across from me um, and she just stares at me and like doesn't say anything. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, mom, I really hurt myself. And I start trying to take my shoes off and my foot's like so swelled up in my shoe, I can't even get my shoe off properly. And she still just like stares at me. And I'm like, mom, I've like really hurt myself. And she looks at me and she's like, wow, that looks pretty sore, Danielle. And I'm like, yeah, it is really sore. <laughs> and so she still just looks at me and she's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? And I'm like, I don't know, you're the mom, you're supposed to help me with these kinds of things. And so she just like looks at me again and I'm like, okay, well, she's not gonna help me. And she just looks at me and she's like, well, you know, Danielle, I'm actually pretty tired. I think I'm just gonna go to bed. So she gets up and she walks upstairs and she goes and hops in bed and just leaves me there. <laughs> so I'm like stuck with this leg that I like can't even walk on. I'm like hobbling around trying to get to get some ice or something to put on my ankle. And the next morning, my mum's making breakfast and I come into the kitchen and I'm like, you know, mum, you really suck because I was sitting there and my foot was like, I could have broken it and you just looked at me and went to bed. And she's like, Danielle, you're making all that up. None of it happened. So she has no recollection that any of it happened. Um, but she was so consumed in how she was feeling. She was so consumed by her tiredness that she actually lost sight of what was happening around her. And I think that's what we do a lot of the time is that we just become so consumed by the situations that we're dealing with, the things that are going on in our worlds that we actually lose sight of the words and stuff that we're just aimlessly speaking to people and we forget about the power that it actually has over them. This is why we end up saying and doing things just for the laughs. This is why we end up hurting people that we love without even realizing that we're doing it. Using the same mouth that we use to praise our God and to curse and hurt people around us was never the way that it was meant to be. Our praises were meant to outweigh the gossip, the criticism, the lying, the complaining. 
And this happens when our relationship with God comes first and sits on top of everything else that we have going on in our lives. If we spend time fostering a really good relationship with God and learning to listen to His voice, love and truth will be a natural thing because it's what's gonna flow from our hearts. So as I close tonight, I just wanted to pray for you guys and I wanted to pray for a group of you that you know, maybe struggle with this because I struggle with it a lot. I just say stuff without thinking a lot of the time and actually like, Sometimes our words really do affect people and it brings up insecurities and we don't even realize that we're doing it. So let me pray for you guys tonight and maybe if we can you know, make an intentional decision to get better at it, then maybe we'll represent Christ a whole lot better than a lot of us currently are. So hey God, I just thank you so much for tonight, Lord God. I thank you so much for these people that are sitting in front of me, Father. I just pray that you would be our words every single day, Lord God, that no matter what we do, you would be the one that's guiding our hearts, which would then point us in the right direction of how to speak and encourage people, Lord God. I pray that you would bless us, Lord God, and that you would use us. And I ask this in your name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, church, I wanna do one more thing uh, tonight before we um, look at receiving our giving. And if I could just ask everyone to just have your eyes closed and head bowed. I just wanna do one more thing, just while we're still in this moment right now. Maybe you've come into this place and you don't know God. Maybe your heart, Danielle spoke a lot about the position of our heart. Maybe your heart is far from Him. Maybe you've come back to church after being away from church for a long, long time. And right now, if you are honest, you would say, I'm not close with God. I do not have that relationship with God that would allow Him to change my heart. Now, I'm gonna do one thing in just a moment. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And I would invite you, if you're sitting there, you're saying, that is me. I would invite you to pray that prayer along with me because the truth is that every single one of us messes up along our life. We all fall short. None of us gets it right. There is sin, there is uh, stuff that we have done in every single one of our lives. And the Bible says that that separates us from God. But the beautiful thing about God is that He so desires to live in relationship with us that He sent His Son to take the punishment that you and I deserved, not so that we could be condemned or judged, but so that we could have life, life in its fullness and life with Him in relationship with Him. And tonight I wanna let you know that He has got a purpose for your life. He wants you to live a life for Him that is full and abundant and better than you could ever hope, dream or imagine. And so all we have to do, I'm gonna pray a prayer I want you to pray it along with me in your heart, mean it, make it your own. Dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you that you took the punishment that I deserved. Today, this day, I wanna give my life to you. I wanna start a relationship with you. I wanna start a journey with you. Would you make me brand new today? In Jesus' name. And with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. I won't make you stand. But I am gonna ask you to take just one step of faith. 
We wanna be able to help you along the journey. We wanna be able to put something in your hand that can just help you as you take this step with God. And so all I'm gonna ask you to do as a step of faith, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna count to three and what I want you to do is just lift your hand and say, Bex, would you count me in? If you just lift your hand, I'm gonna count to three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just lifting your hand, awesome. I can see your hand. Thank you, awesome. Anybody else? Fantastic on this side. I can see your hand down the back there. I can see you. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? I prayed that prayer. I just wanna get my life right with Jesus tonight. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're a God who changes lives. Lord, you can take something that is broken and you can make it whole again. And God, tonight we celebrate with you lives turned around and transformed in Jesus' Name. Come on, church, would you celebrate tonight all those people who raised their hands? Absolutely amazing. Let's thank Danielle for an incredible word tonight. So many practical things, so many amazing practical tips, just phenomenal. Hey, I wanna ask you to do one thing. Can you help me out by grabbing out this card? It may be underneath your bottom. It could be on the floor by now, who knows? Steal your neighbor's one. If you made that decision, if you raised your hand tonight, or maybe if you didn't, but you kind of wish you had or you felt like you should have, there's a box there that says, I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. Can I just ask you to do one thing? Could you write your name and tick that box and write a way for us to contact you? We're not gonna turn up at your house, don't freak out but we just wanna be able to help you. If you had led us, we'd love to help you on your journey. Uh, if you're a first time visitor, there's a box that you could tick there too. You can just write your name and a way for us to get in touch and tick that box, I'm a first time visitor. We've also got another few things happening. Uh, we've got baptisms 